Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Hello, and welcome back to the Agents of Innovation podcast. I am your host, Francisco Gonzalez, and I want to thank you for being with us here on episode 54. Today, coming up shortly, we're going to feature a conversation with an entrepreneur in Tampa, Florida named Akash Patel. Akash founded Elevate Inc., a Florida-based strategic business consulting firm that provides public relations, community relations, targeted networking, social media, and so much more. I actually met Akash, gosh, probably six, seven years ago now, and uh, this guy is all over Tampa Bay, and we're going to hear a little bit more about it. Uh, Coming up at the end of this episode, we're also going to hear a song from a musician who we previously had on way back on episode 28. Wow, a year and a half ago now, we had Matt Hires on. Matt currently lives in Nashville, Tennessee, was born where I currently live in Orlando, Florida, but spent a lot of his uh, young adult life in Tampa, Florida. So uh, we thought, hey, why not have somebody who sort of his music was born and bred in Tampa. And if you want to listen and hear more about Matt Heyer's story, I suggest flipping back um, and going through and listening to his story on episode 28. But at the end of this episode, we're going to hear a song from his fantastic album, which was new at the time a year and a half ago. And uh, the album is American Wilderness. And the song we're going to hear today is You Are What You Are. So uh, we're going to listen to You Are What You Are at the end of this episode. And if you want to check out Matt Hires and his music, you can go to matthires.com. He's actually currently touring and as of this episode, um, and he's actually going to be in the Tampa Bay and Orlando areas coming up shortly. So I think he's doing some home shows. Check out his Instagram for some more details, and you can find all that at matthires.com. But hey, thinking about Tampa, I was just thinking as I was over there interviewing Akash for this interview, Tampa Bay means a lot to me. Um, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, live in Orlando now. I've lived in Tallahassee. I've never lived in Tampa. Who knows? Uh, We've got many more years to go before my tour of Florida probably uh, is over. But Tampa, growing up, mostly my brother and I played a lot of junior tennis. And at least once a year, I feel like we would go to Tampa for a major tournament. And, And... In addition, that's where I won with my brother and our tennis team at St. Thomas Aquinas High School, where we won our state championship in 1994. So Tampa has a lot of meaning for me there. But also growing up, my parents would take us to amusement parks, including Busch Gardens, which is in Tampa. Some of the greatest roller coasters in Florida are there. Plus, they have uh, pretty much like a zoo with a lot of the animals around. Um, And uh, in addition, Tampa has some amazing beaches. Well, the Tampa Bay area. Uh, St. Pete Beach is actually one of my favorites. Clearwater Beach is also rated one of the top beaches in the nation every year, consistently one of the top five or 10 beaches. That whole area, beautiful Gulf Coast waters. The water is warmer on that coast. It's calmer on that coast. No surfing going to be done over there, but what a beautiful place to just relax on the beach and and just enjoy um, some great Florida weather. Uh, In addition, Tampa has really an emerging, uh, over the last maybe 10 years, I've really seen uh, more of the business side of it, the restaurant scene as well, um, the downtown cultural life. Uh, As of this recording, in just uh, two weeks or so, I'm going to be 
actually going to the uh, Straz Center over there for culture, uh, the Cultural Performing Arts Center uh, to see Hamilton. Hamilton's currently playing in Tampa. And so I'm really excited. First time I'm going to see Ta- uh, Hamilton, and uh, that's taking place in Tampa. So ta- uh, Tampa has had so much. They've had Super Bowls. They've had uh, uh, political party conventions. Um, you know, just there's just so much happening in Tampa. There's a lot of buzz. And um, anyway, Akash is going to tell us a little bit more about that. I'm excited for this interview. So thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, everything about this podcast can be found at the Agents of Innovation website at agentsofinnovation.org. Also, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Probably you're listening on one of those devices. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. That'll be the best way to get the automatic alerts for this podcast uh, for future episodes. So you can learn more about the entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists that are really inspiring us all. And subscribe your friends. Um, and also, please follow uh, the podcast on our different platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm going to tell you that uh, we follow all the artists, entrepreneurs, and philanthropists we have on, and we give our um, Twitter followers and Facebook followers and Instagram followers updates about what they're doing. And so there's a lot of cool stuff going on. But uh, in fact, several of these people have started podcasts after being on this podcast. So that's pretty cool. Maybe there's a podcast about that. So anyway, thank you again for listening. And I'm really excited as we get to the story from Akash Patel. I want to welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, my friend Akash Patel. Akash, thank you for being on. Thank you so much, Francisco. It's great to see you. Great to see you too. And I'm in Tampa Bay, uh, of course, the only place I can find you, right? I know you you get around, but uh, but Tampa has swagger, according to Akash Patel. That's right. I'm sure you can see the city's on fire, as our mayor conveniently says. We've got a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. Yeah, it, it, this place does have a lot of energy. I can barely find a place to park anymore because there's new buildings going up everywhere. Um, but uh, but that's what Uber and Lyft are for. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but we're actually here um, doing the interview at the Oxford Exchange, which has probably been here now about five or six years, six right? Six years, September 24th, 2012. Yeah, I remember when it first opened. And uh, it's a beautiful venue, bookstore, restaurant. I just had a great Cuban sandwich from... Uh, the Tampa Bay area, and uh, I know people debate the Miami Cuban and the Tampa Cuban, and man, I'll tell you, it's tough to beat that Tampa Cuban. Well, that's right, and there's a lot of op- options, so when you visit Tampa, you can try Cuban sandwiches at every stop and still say that. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we're here in the Milton Friedman room. I love uh, a, a lot of great economists uh, are named, have rooms named after them here at the Oxford Exchange, and so uh, given that this podcast is about entrepreneurship and innovation, uh, just perfect room to be to be to be in the Milton Friedman room. And then this place was created by Blake Casper, a philanthropist and uh, entrepreneur who is a franchisee of McDonald's. And one of the things he says is, you know, there should be a place for people in the community to come together and just debate the issues and talk about our, how to help and give back. And that's why it was created. Yeah, well, that's great because you can see. I mean, there's so much buzz in this place. You know, I got here about lunchtime, and it's just a lot of business people coming in and out and. Ran into a couple people here. I don't even live in Tampa, and uh, so it was a uh, it was it was great. Uh, but hey, we're here um, because a little bit to talk about what we're already talking about. Um, you, uh, Akash Patel, are the founder of Elevate, and it's uh, I know it's a strategic business consulting firm that provides public relations, community relations, 
targeted networking and social media, and you founded it in 2012, and to date you have served over 150 companies. Tell us a little bit more about how you founded Elevate, why, and, and what the company's doing. Well, again, thanks again for the opportunity. My, um, my grad, I graduated from Florida State University, so go Knowles for those listeners out there. And I came back to Tampa because uh, this was home. My, uh, my dad relocated here in 1994. I went to high school here in 1998. And um, I came back here because my friends were coming back here. So when I came back here, I, I joined a public relations agency and got involved in the community and really loved just reconnecting with people. What happened in 2009 was unfortunate. We hit a really bad recession. And my family business is hospitality. And so when we decided to open a hotel in 2006, we thought it would go up and people would visit and we'd be great. Well, we did decide to build in 06. We ended up opening in 09 because of the economy. And when we opened, there was no tourism in Florida. So uh, as a result of just a lot of things going on in our community, I moved into my family business. And so I helped our family business in 2009, 2010, where I got really involved in trying to promote our, our hotel and our restaurant. And I had fun doing it because I got to, to show off an amazing property. We own a Starbucks there. We own a, a restaurant there that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's a great view. It's one of the best views in Tampa. I'll have to show you there next time. What's the restaurant? It's called Aqua. And the, the re- hotel's called Weston Tampa Bay. And, the, uh, and there's a Starbucks there as well. And there's a good event space. And, and so what was happening is I was making all these relationships through organizations. And all my friends were just doing their work. You know, they were kind of focused on their job, focused on their goals focused on family life, and they weren't really out in the community. So one day in 2011, a friend of mine said, hey, listen, I know you're really involved. Can you guide me on where I should bring my business? What level should I sponsor this? What organization should I join a charity to give back to? So yeah, I can do all that. I'm happy to do it. And so I ended up working for my friend in-house, and we worked for a technology startup he had. And we sold that company uh, towards the end of 2012, or towards the end of 2011, excuse me, and I had other friends call me. They said, well, you did a really good job for, for this friend. Why don't you, you help us with, with our company? I'm saying, sure. No, I'm happy to help you. And the next thing you know, I said, I, I got to make this a business. And you know entrepreneurship. You've got to have the whole kind of figure for a business plan. Well, I never written a business plan. So I Googled how to write a business plan <laughs> in 2012. And um, I launched it exactly seven years ago, February 1st, 2012. Great. Um- and so, since, so since so so at the beginning there, it was it really was born out of the fact that people were starting to ask you for advice, and then you said, "Well, shoot, I got to turn this into a business." So, uh, how did you take the next steps? Because uh, you've now served over 150 uh, different companies over those last seven years, and how did you build that to to reach out to other companies? And what and were you looking for specific kind of companies? It's a great question. I originally was just asking my friends. And so I started it with three clients in February 2012. I had two clients in March of 2012, and I had one client in April 2012. So you get to that point as a business owner and entrepreneur where you say, wait, is this really gonna work? Am I gonna make payroll? Are you gonna make your, you know, make any money? And I said, well, you've got to tweak something. And so one other thing I, I needed to tweak was the 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 part of involvement. So for instance, August of 2012, the Republican National Convention was coming to Tampa. Doesn't matter your party affiliation, it's a community event because people are visiting. I said, I'm gonna get involved in the RNC host committee and I'm gonna offer these services to my customers. And so I did and we got uh, lucky and we had eight clients in 2012. 
of uh, May of 2012. And so now what it's become, and to answer your question, it's really more about word of mouth. And it's about focusing on the one or two or three companies that you have and meeting with them regularly to make sure you're, you're, they're happy with your services and you're achieving their goals. But for us, it's, it's really return on involvement is return on investment. So what the three things we offer, right? Getting involved in the community, so, so networking, um, social media content, we write a lot of content, and then the traditional public relations, you're thinking about press. But we do it in a way where we physically take you to different organizations and events, and we walk you around the room. A lot of public relations firms will tell you what to do, but they won't take you to show you what to do. So our model has been, let's focus on companies that are relocating to Tampa. And what it's morphed into is companies that are rebranding. It's morphed into companies that are entrepreneurs starting their own businesses that can't afford a business development director or a marketing director. And so to answer your question, how we got to 150 companies, it's been just a lot of hard work and dedication by our team. We have seven employees and we are everywhere. So you mentioned earlier, yeah, it's a joke, but it's true. If I'm not at an event, our team members at an event with our client. Because if I'm going to brag about our community, we got to be in our community. Yeah, no, I see you uh, everywhere around Tampa and anybody who's in and around Tampa uh, sees you everywhere. You're omnipresent and then you've got a great uh, social media presence as well. So when I'm not in Tampa, I still see you uh, everywhere. Uh, but uh, but that's great. Um, so when you, I, I one thing I do notice, you, you sort of have the, uh, as you mentioned, um, you know like all the different organizations that introduce people to you. So I think that's just kind of like a quality you have that you've now been able to monetize in a way. Um, and, and so how do you build that? How did, how did you, I mean, you're from Tampa, you kind of know the area, you went, you went away from, from Tampa to college, came back, helped run your, uh, your family's business. Uh, but how do, you, how do you build that uh, to get to that point? I asked a lot of questions to a lot of people that are smarter than me. One thing I did um, is every time I met with someone when I moved here and got involved, I would meet with a business owner and I'd say, this is what I'm thinking about doing, give me your thoughts. And then I would say, before the meeting would close, I'd say, give me two more people that I need to know in this town. And you build that list up. And what happens is, in addition to that, I also ask about what they're involved in. And I listen to a lot of folks and say, hey, these are the best places and these are the worst places. And then I try it for myself, because you've got to try it for yourself, but you come in with that kind of notion of what advice people have given me. And so I call them my mentors or advisory. So I created an elevating advisory board when I launched my business. And we still have that board today. They're still involved seven years later. And the success they want is to see young people get involved in the community, create a business, and stay in Tampa. And so what I tell clients all the time, like, it's, this is a very self-interest business. I want them to succeed so they'll stay here and make our economy continue to grow. Because the best case scenario is they love it and they encourage others to move here and they hire more people. The worst case scenario is they realize they get involved in the community, they don't like anybody, and then they go to another city outside Florida, and we don't want that. Right. So we are very, 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 very focused on making sure that each client has the attention to detail they deserve. So you, you, you seem to be a little bit like a, um, like a Chamber of Commerce's, you know, uh, greatest dream. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, how do you, how do you do you interact with with the local chamber and uh, how you know how do they perceive what you're doing here to try to keep and bring businesses to Tampa? Oh, I'm an investor in our economic development corporation, and I've been on the board of the chamber for four years. And in 2017, I won their Emerging Leader of the Year award. Uh, I think the chamber is a great place for a bigger company to start for their employees. 
but we focus on the individual. So unless the individual is writing the biggest check to get on the board or it gets appointed to a certain committee, they're really not going to get what they want out of it, right? We're kind of a customized approach. So we, to answer your question, to be frank, we actually have, I brought in more members to join the Tampa Chamber in the last four years because I serve on the membership committee and I have clients that work with us that say, oh, should we join? I'm like, yeah, you should join. So I kind of bring them in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a good parallel. Um, and it, and, and it, Tampa is big enough where you can do that. And you're right. A lot of, a lot of the chambers are, are basically uh, uh, filled with people who are already well-known entities and businesses in the area that are trying to create a good environment for business. Um, but you're kind of bringing those entrepreneurial individuals in as they build their business. They're unknown until they yeah. work with us. And then yeah. we bring them in. And then what will happen is they'll get known. And then we'll probably take a break and then they'll come back to us. Yeah. So Tampa, um, let's, you know, let's talk a little bit about Tampa. You mentioned uh, as you were getting going in 2012, the Republican National Convention was here. Um, cities like Tampa are always looking for big events like that. I know since that time, there's been a national championship game played here. There's been a Super Bowl here, right? Is that, well? So, yeah, we had the 2017 College Football Championship game. I had the privilege of being on that host committee. But before that, there was the 2014 Indian International Film Academy Awards, which I had the privilege of being on that host committee. And yes, you're correct. In 2021, we will get the Super Bowl here, and I'm hoping to be on that committee as well. Um, our good friend, our mutual friend, Will Weatherford, is the chair of that Super Bowl committee. Oh, great guy to, to be the chair. And it's going to be an amazing experience. I got to go to the game when it was here in 2009, because I just moved back and got involved. But I didn't this time around, um, I'm really excited because Tampa has grown so much. Yeah. And then... Um what about the, the, the local leadership? I know um, have, have people you know, in government or whatever reached out to you or looked to you as somebody who's doing some innovative things here in Tampa? Yeah. In fact, you know, when we started this in 2012, I can tell you majority of our elected officials were not on Twitter. And we laughed because now our president and everyone, including everyone Tom Dunn, uses Twitter to communicate with their constituents. And so I actually taught one of our commissioners how to use Twitter, went in their office, did the whole full PowerPoint presentation on the value of it. Um, but as you can imagine, a lot of government folks are reluctant to it. I think what a lot of the elected officials appreciate is um, we help get the word out of a positive news, right? Because, I mean, you can do a ribbon cutting and give a tax incentive and, and get people for a photo, but you've got to let people know exactly what's going on. So we write a lot of blogs. And we attend a lot of ribbon cuttings, we do a lot of Facebook Live, and we push out their positive press. So I've had a couple elected officials recently who said, hey, listen, I'm gonna be speaking to this, I don't know if you got invited, but I need you there. And so that's a cool uh, feeling when you, you know, you're not even, you know, get working for it, but they're asking you to be there, which means, uh, means you're doing something right. Yeah, so give us an example of a, of a business that you've helped, um, maybe, maybe they started here, maybe they relocated, um, and some of the sort of hoops that they went through, some of the things that... Well, where we are today, actually, the construction company that built Oxford Exchange is still my customers today. And really what, what they, in the name of the company is EWI Construction. And a lot of it is how to spend your time to make sure you get a return on in investment. So we kind of advised them to join uh, a couple of different organizations or they got to know um, some key leaders in the community. And so the organization we advised them was University of Tampa, which is across the way. They were able to get to know some key leaders in the community and at the University of Tampa within facilities. 
The next time a project rolled around, it was a library and then there was a fitness center. They had never done the University of Hamlet work, but they bid on it and they won the project. Now, you can't directly correlate what we advise them to do for business because it's just there's probably other factors that I don't know about. But I can tell you that the client, which is the construction company, credits our services to get them going. And that's all we can do is get them going. And that's our, that's our mandate. It's just, can't go in the sales meeting and tell you what to charge them, right? We can get it going and get the conversation on dialogue and raise their profile. So um, they have been our client with us now six years because every single month we're able to connect them to an individual. And so the CEO said in our recent commercial testimonial we did that 60% of the in individuals we introduced them to, they close business. That's great. So tell me, uh, Elevate, how did you come up with the name? I was sitting there at, uh, at the Center Club where I'm now actually the board chair. It's like the sister to the Citrus Club over in Orlando. It's a club core property. And I was sitting there in 2011 with two of my mentors and I sat there. They're both on my advisory board. And we were talking about what does a client need when they come to me? And really it's an altitude analysis. We thought about altitude and we thought about elevation. So I said, I'm gonna look up the name Elevate. And um, I came together with the logo and I went to the division of corporations and filed it and realized we are physically taking the client to the next level. So we need to elevate them. Oh, that, well, that's a great way to, to a great reason to name it that. Um, well, Akash, uh, in addition to all you're doing with Elevate, uh, I know that you serve, uh, you've been involved with so many things, whether it's leadership Tampa Bay, uh, before that college leadership Florida, um, I know um, also you've, you've been involved with the Tampa Bay Public Leadership Institute. You mentioned the Tampa Chamber of Commerce earlier. Um, leadership, uh, we mentioned Leadership Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and also I know you serve uh, as the chairman of the Early Learning Coalition of Hillsborough County. How do you have time for all this? I don't sleep. Do you sleep? <laughs> I sleep a few hours. Yeah, that's all you need to know. I think, um, I think priorities are important. I also think you need to give back. Uh, this community has given a lot to me. I mean, I've literally um, asked a lot of people for help when I got here. And I, if given the opportunity to serve, I, I'll take it. Um, I've got to do the right thing. So this opportunity with the Early Learning Coalition came up in 2014. I got a call from the governor's office. I had applied for something else, a different position. And they said, listen, we, we like your application. And the governor, the at the time was Governor Scott, now Senator Scott. He thinks you'd be great at this. And honestly, I had not, uh, I didn't know much about the organization, and I didn't really understand how complex early learning is in our in our community, in our state, in our nation. And so I reluctantly said, you know, okay, I'll give it a try. And then I, I you know, when you get appointed to chair the Early Learning Coalition in Hillsborough, you're also appointed to the statewide Early Learning Advisory Council. And it's been a great experience because we manage an eighty million dollar budget. We have fifty employees, and we are uh, we are basically the administrator for VPK which is a volunteer pre-kindergarten, Head Start, and School Readiness. And um, my job has been to restructure the organization and treat it like a business. So we had a lot of employees, uh, sorry, a lot of board members that were not active, so we kind of got rid of them and got some new ones. We had a CEO that had um, never had an evaluation, so we made that. We had a board that never had a vision, mission, statement, and a retreat, so, uh, so we kind of had a retreat and kind of decided that. And then most recently, we had another uh, CEO vacancy, and I recruited someone from the corporate world because I think to, in order to help our future children, our future employers, which is, you know, in the year 2030, half of the professions we know are not going to exist anymore. So these four-year-old kids now are going to be my bosses one day. 
and your bosses one day, we've got to get some corporate structure involved. So I went to an event where the CEO of Tico Energy was retiring and I asked, I asked um, the CEO to have coffee and I said, would you like to apply for this vacancy I have at the CEO of the Orlando Coalition? And he said yes and that was a year ago and he's been our CEO ever since. And so you're seeing now what was a not-for-profit model of state-funded agency because we we're completely state-funded now becoming more of a corporate entity and, and hopefully it would be self-sustaining where you don't need legislative funding. And to be part of it has been a great uh, experience for me and rewarding. And I thank uh, Senator Scott for the opportunity. Well, that's great. And early learning, the more you, we learn about it, uh, it's really so important uh, to get those kids a heads up. I mean, I mean just what they learn, their, how their brain functions early on, what they're exposed to gives them such such more um, of, a, of a head start, if you will, you know, right, for, for the rest of their life. And what I love about it, like you said, like the first thousand words mean so much to them, right? If, if you look at a political appointment, it is a political appointment, but early learning is a fundamental issue. It's not a Democrat issue or a Republican issue. It is right. a, we should have children that if given the opportunity, they should learn how to read. Yeah. Yeah, Florida has a great program uh, to do that. So um, glad that you're involved and, and all that. So Akash, tell us what's on the horizon for Tampa Bay. What do you see? First of all, what like what have you seen the last seven years that's been important maybe to the infrastructure of Tampa Bay or just to the the business environment? If 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 I'm an entrepreneur listening to this podcast and I'm thinking maybe I'm just out of college or or haven't even gone to college yet, I'm thinking where's a place that I think I could start a business. Why Tampa Bay? Why would that be a place I might consider? I think because it's, it's, it's morphing right now. So we were a tier two city seven years ago, meaning you, know, you look at flights, you look at destinations, people weren't traveling here. Now we've got international flights every day to Germany, every day to London, every day to Amsterdam. I mean, every day to, to Panama City, Panama. So. How does that happen overnight? Well, you've got good leadership in these positions. You've got a, a hockey team owner named Jeff Finnick who has partnered with Bill Gates, someone you may have heard of. Um, no, I never heard of him. <laughs> to, um, to invest in downtown. Um, they bought some land. They moved the USF Medical School to downtown, which in the urban core, if you build a medical school, I mean, you're really getting it younger and getting it more, um, more hip. And um, so what you've seen there is a medical school downtown. You've got an arena. You've got a revitalized channel site area, which is like a, a hip downtown. And then you've got like a sister downtown called the Heights, which has built this huge project called Armature Works. And now next door, they're going to do a, what they call WeWork, which mm. is a cool co-working space, 50,000 yep. square feet there. So what I'm seeing, that I've seen in the last seven years is a, um, is a complete opposite of what was happening. People were growing up here and moving away. Now... They're moving back here, but more, more so I'm seeing companies. So there are local people here that are high net worth that invest in startups all over the nation, mostly in Silicon Valley, right? And when they invest, they do it for whatever reason and they stay, they stay there. We are now seeing high net worth people that live in Tampa, Francisco, that invest in companies with the caveat they have to relocate to Tampa. That's great. And that is exactly what we need. Mm -hmm. We need the entrepreneurship ecosystem to work together. We need the high net worth individuals, the people that are, you know, that are here to making money in the business community, but they want to give back to concentrate on an industry and a focus. And uh, we had a conference here uh, uh, two weeks ago, January 22nd and 23rd, called Synapse at the Emily Arena. 
and it had 5,500 attendees from around the world and 335 exhibitors. And it was about keeping innovation alive in Tampa Bay. So what's on the horizon for Tampa Bay? I think we're going to see one of those big companies, you mentioned Uber and Lyft, one of those companies come out of here, create a lot of jobs, exit, and just do a lot of great things for our community. When you're here next time, you'll see a med school completed in downtown. You'll see the Heights having a new hotel. There's a hotel going up every month this year. Wow. There's a JW Marriott. There's an Edition Hotel. There is another, uh, there's a Hampton Inn and a Home 2 in downtown. Um, because 2021, the Super Bowl is here and the entire world literally is going to be watching. So I can promise you, Francisco, this is going to be a new city. And I hope that the listeners who've never been to Tampa that are on this podcast, come visit. Because just as you said, Tampa has swag. Well, it does. And so uh, let me ask you something. If, if, uh, if I'm not from Tampa and I want to know what business gets done in Tampa, what's some of the more predominant industries or, or, or different types of businesses that Tampa might be known for? So we're known for hospitality. So Outback Steakhouse and Carrabba's, they're all from here. Created Hooters Restaurants was created here. We are known for healthcare. Or we have a great hospital system in Bay Care. Event, Advent Health and Tampa General Hospital. We are getting known- The Moffitt Cancer Center. The Moffitt Cancer yeah. Center, you're right, yeah. That's got over 5,000 employees. We are getting known more recently for our education as a research institution. USF is one of the top research institutions in the state. Um, I mentioned the medical school. We have a pharmacy college there as well. Um, we're, we're, um, we have a lot of, uh, we have a, a lot of uh, folks that are coming to Tampa to to work in high tech, right? So we've got the Sykes Enterprises, which has 53,000 employees in 37 countries. We've got Anchor Glass that has six. So every Tito's vodka bottle you've ever seen, Anchor Glass makes it and their headquarters is in Tampa. So we're getting a lot of corporate headquarters now coming here, right? Mosaic, which is a Fortune 100 company based in Minnesota, corporate headquarters is now in Tampa, Florida. So I think what's happening is people realize the quality of life is pretty cheap. They realize it's a good open community that they can relocate and they can settle their family. Education's a lot better. Transportation is an issue. We're working on that. But I think this is the time to fix it. And we just passed a referendum in Hillsborough County to fix that transportation issue. So I think what I'll see in the next four or five years is more Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies relocating their headquarters here. Wow, so uh, Tampa does have swagger. You know uh, it. It's really, uh, it's really moving. And, and by the time that Super Bowl's aired in uh, two years, uh, we're really going to see. So isn't the Super Bowl next year in Miami? Correct. So Miami and Tampa back-to-back. We weren't on the list. We were an alternate, but L.A. Stadium had an issue with not being built on time. So as a result, we, we got the call. Well, my Florida bias here is just going to once again say uh, when California screws up, Florida will just pick it up. Um, but, you know, <laughs> when you were talking about uh, some of the industries and the people locally here, starting to invest in local companies or, or companies to, to relocate to Tampa. You know, one thing that California, you know, Florida's always had a great, you know, low tax, great business environment, very welcoming, but we haven't had the venture capital like, like California does. I mean, just, they just uh, dwarf us. Uh, are we starting to see some of that move here? Or if, if, if they're not moving here physically, then they're starting to invest here. Right, because you are seeing you are seeing that folks in California have second homes here, right? For for whatever reason, right? They, you know, vacation, personal, or even business, they keep because you know are no income tax for businesses, so they kind of commute. Um, 
But I think what will happen is we will see one of these companies come here, you know, like out of nowhere. We would never expect them to relocate Tampa, and they do. And then they'll start bringing other people with them, and that's where, you know, we will see some fire. And so, so Tampa Bay, for those not familiar with this immediate area, uh, it, it includes Tampa, which is in Hillsborough County, but also you go across the bay, across the bridge, and you've got uh, Pinellas County, where St. Petersburg is, a huge city. Um, and, and then you have uh, both of these counties have beaches, particularly Pinellas has probably some of the more remarkable ones with Clearwater and uh, St. Pete Beach and everything. So you've got just a beautiful area here, nice bay. I just actually was on a cruise ship, oh, nice. um, went, went in and out of the port of Tampa. So there's a lot of action uh, with the port here as well. But tell us a little bit about the broader region that also includes St. Pete. Yes, we are the Florida's largest port. We have 15 ports in Florida. Port Tampa Bay is the largest. St. Petersburg and Clearwater are, are more, and, and Tampa are, are a, a TV market, and we're the top uh, 12 in the nation TV market. As far as beaches, St. Petersburg and Clearwater every year has the number one, number two beach in the world. Sarasota comes in there sometimes as well. But um, we are working regionally. We had a ferry last year that went from Tampa to St. Pete every day, mm. which was cool. Oh, right. Is that ferry still going? Uh, they're restarting it. The contract ended, and they think they're restarting re, re, uh, the contract. Soon. I was on that ferry um, as part of my leadership Florida class. Uh, I may have seen you that week, too, and that was about a year and a half or two ago. Um, and it was a cold, rainy day. Not a great day to oh, take no. a ferry, but it was. Uh, but, but we were fine. I think they had an, an inside part or something. Uh, but I was wondering, if I lived in downtown St. Pete and or worked in downtown Tampa, that might be a great uh, thing to do once or twice a week. I don't know, maybe maybe every day. But um, but I feel like once I wasn't in downtown anymore, it would be like, well, this is becoming a larger commute. You know, so. Oh, yeah, you're right. But downtown St. Pete is booming. In fact, this weekend we have a wedding there in downtown St. Pete. So we're staying overnight there for, for two nights. And I will tell you, the restaurant scene, the bar scene, the every night there's a running club. And it's just a young energy feel in downtown St. Pete. Tampa is on its way there. It's a lot of hotels. So what's interesting about Hillsborough and Pinellas, Hillsborough has more hotels than Pinellas, but Pinellas has more convention space than Hillsborough. Yeah. So, so the people that are going to conventions have to stay here and go across the bridge. So they see the travel time. And we have had issues during the RNC convention and other times where that bridge is clogged. And so we've got to work on alleviating that traffic. Yeah, and, and, and Tampa Bay generally, you know, from what I know about it, it's a very broad metro area, a lot of different municipalities out in Hillsborough, Pinellas, and even a couple of counties beyond that. Um, so you do have a, you know, a lot of people coming in, uh, definitely a lot of traffic, probably one of the things almost every city is trying to solve. Uh, but, but I think Tampa is growing so fast that it's probably uh, something you know, on the top of you guys' radar. It is, and daily flights are airport. So you know we have an airport in Clearwater, St. Pete, and an airport in um, in Tampa, and then the Tampa airport itself has over 20 million uh, visitors, and St. Pete Clearwater now has it over 2 million visitors. Wow. And Frontier Airlines, Allegiant Airlines, Spirit Airlines, now we have Delta direct to Amsterdam, we have Edelweiss direct to Zurich, Switzerland, we have uh, uh, Lufthansa daily to uh, Frankfurt. What are those people commuting? Who, who's commuting on those flights? On a, I mean, I know they're going daily. Is it, is it tourists? Uh, what, what's, is there, are there business ventures between these cities? There's, there's got to be business ventures. I think there you're right. The tourism is definitely part of it because it's it is a different world over there. But um, businesses need operations in different parts of the world, so it's been a great hub. Good, and um, 
you know, uh, I know Tampa, there's a lot of emerging uh, craft breweries in Tampa and St. Pete. And, you know, when you talk about the buzz going on in St. Pete with some businesses, too, with the young people, I see that. Um, but Tampa's also, one, there's a, 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 a brewery named after what Tampa was originally a cigar city, Cigar City Brewery. Right. But but, uh, but going back in the late 1800s, you had Cubans, Spaniards, Italians coming in here, rolling tobacco, um, and that became Ybor City. Yeah, the brewery scene is, um, it started, you know, there, there's Cigar City that's here, there's Three Daughters over there in St. Pete, there's Grain Branch, and there's Big Storm Brewery. And you'll what's interesting is they all collaborate. They all kind of t- you know talk to each other. It's a very it's a very friendly industry, and we've seen it just completely uh, rise in the last five years. Yeah. So uh, a lot a lot of buzz uh, uh, with uh, the entire Tampa Bay area. Uh, many different entrepreneurial ventures going on here, and and Akash, you're part of that, and you're part of making a lot of these businesses known and get known and connect. So kudos to you. Now I know you've. Um, You've done a lot in your background, and you mentioned uh, your family being in the hotel business and all that. One of the uh, questions I've been asking people on maybe the last 10 or 15 episodes of this uh, podcast was a question I got actually from reading one of Senator Ben Sass's books called The Vanishing American Adult. And in that book, uh, the book is, you know, even though he's a, an elected official, the book is actually more about the culture, not really about politics. But he, uh, Ask, he says he likes to ask people a question when he meets them to learn more about them. And I thought it'd be a good question for some of the guests on my podcast, considering what we what we talk about. Um, and that question is, what was your first job? And as you're thinking about your first job uh, and you're answering that question, also, uh, what did you maybe learn from that experience? Uh, and are there any things from that experience that you maybe still any traits or anything, anything that you uh, still kind of uh, keep with you today? So I was 14 years old, and I was a, a sophomore in high school here in Tampa. And there was a group called the Buccaneers Student Advisory Board. And what you know, I applied for it, and I interviewed for it, and I it was you know what it was is every other game, you were the greeter when for the you, Tampa Bay Bucks for the Tampa Bay Bucks mm-hmm. when when fans uh, get off the escalator. And so you were going high five, go Bucks, kind of cheering them on. And, you know, it does get tiring, you know, right? It's just, it's, it's, and for 14 years old, I made $100 a game. You had to get it three hours before kickoff. And you left when the game was over. I, um, I, that was my first paycheck I ever got, right? So I was like, this is great. It's a lot of money. And it was, you know, um, but, but what I learned from it is a couple things. One, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to, your body language tells a lot. If you're going go bucks and not smiling, then someone thinks you're not going to really a fan, right? Right. And you've 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 got to have energy and and talk to people and shake their hands and kind of be personable. And so what I learned from that is, you know, you, you can't really take your eye off the escalator. You know, just like in business, you can't take the eye off the ball. You got to focus on the on the the client or whatever the deadline is. Because if I was to, to being odd off the escalator and then not look at the person who high five and it'll probably look bad for the Buccaneers organization. And so um, I, I, I will never forget that. My, my first day job, day job then, when I got to college, I was an assistant at the Tampa Bay Times Tallahassee office where I answered phones and cut out newspaper clips and got coffee for reporters. And same thing just like that. I mean, you couldn't mess up because you had a deadline, right? You were, this was when reporting was the reporting when you get to yeah, type of reporting yeah. insight. 
You had a deadline and you have to take notes and you have to pay attention to these and you have to listen. So listening and eye contact and body language are the first three things I learned in my first couple of jobs out of out of uh, my. And of course, cheering for Tampa Bay, right? Which is which is the number one job <laughs> yeah. of any community uh, community advocate. Yeah. Well, great. Well, uh, Akash, this has been really great. Are there any uh, parting thoughts? Uh, maybe anything about. Uh, you've observed from entrepreneurs or your own experience as an entrepreneur that you'd like to share with our audience? I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, have a lot of confidence in networking. For me, I think the biggest thing about entrepreneurs that I've worked with is they are good in the initial conversation, but they have a lack of process in following up with whatever it is, whether it's an investment pitch, whether it's a, a, a potential business collaboration idea. So my, my theory is I write down every thing and I put it in an Excel sheet and I look at it every month. I say, did I follow up properly? Do I got to do this? Just like everyone has their own ways of kind of writing another to do right. list. Mine is for entrepreneurs, for business. I would just keep, I just track it and, and put a goals deadline and, and I try to have an accountability partner. And a lot of my friends that are, that do that, they're, they, they are a lot more successful than I. Yeah, because, you know, um, I actually read this in a book called Making Ideas Happen uh, maybe seven, eight years ago by a guy named Scott Belsky. And, and one of the things he talks about is entrepreneurs. He doesn't even use the word entrepreneurs. More like creative professionals is what he uses because that can be in a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different fields um, and have a tendency to just just generate ideas all the time. I mean, you might have generated a few this morning right. or maybe even a few during this, this episode. And... Uh, and yet, it's the follow-through, like you said. It's, it's, it's the making ideas happen. And most, in fact, he even talks about how many people just have ideas in their head. They never even share with anybody. Yeah. You might be in an idea you had in the shower this morning or something. And um, he goes, the first part, process is sharing the idea because then now someone else knows it. Um, but also, it's the follow-through. A lot of the follow-through, and, and look, a lot of ideas are never going to happen. Um, they just, they were an idea for a moment, but they're not, going to, uh, you know, you're not going to act on it because you can't act on every idea, but it's about the ones you want to put into action, how you do that, what kind of system do you have to do that? And so yours uh, kind of like that. I mean, writing it down, looking at it once a month or however you do it to look at it and say, did I follow through? Did I tell that person that I was going to connect them with this person? Did I do, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Um, and so that's it. That's a great system and a great, great thing to learn. So, hey, just want to thank you, uh, Akash, for um, for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, for those that want to learn more about Elevate, uh, it's elevateinc.com. Elevate-inc.com. Yeah. Elevate-inc.com. You can learn more about Elevate. If you have a business you're trying to start or grow in Tampa Bay. Akash is your guy. He can connect you to the to the world over here. And trust me, from my experience knowing you over the last decade or so, um, that is the case. Uh, you know everybody in uh, we Tampa Bay. We haven't been as success, successful as moving you to Tampa, but we're still working. No, no. You, you've gotten me closer. I was in Tallahassee when you first started. That's true. That's so true. Really. <laughs> but, uh, but I love Tampa Bay. It's, it's great. Um, again, just a beautiful area over here. It's continuing to grow. Um, we're right here in the heart of it at the Oxford Exchange today. Um, where there's just so much buzz and everything. So it's a, but you, you really see the business environment growing because Florida's known 
primarily for tourism and service industries and all that, but you're starting to really see businesses grow right here out of Tampa Bay. And great to be sitting here with a guy who's been a part of that over the last seven or eight years. So thank you, Akash, for, for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. Thank you so much. And feel free to always tweet me at Patel Times. You know great. At Patel Times. We'll see you there. Thanks. Thank you. I always wanted to live like, like I got nothing to prove. Like I got nothing to lose, boy, now I've got the self-consciousness blues. Hey!